Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Analyzing the globe armed with a compass and a rubber knife. It's time again for the two guys who don't know much about nothing. This is no agenda. It's Sunday, March 8th, 2009. Coming to you from the Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation East, located in a blustery and wet southwest London. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley, where it's uh, beautiful today. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yo. I don't think you brought it up fast enough. There. Yeah, I was a little slow. Well, I didn't know how you were going to end because you didn't, you know, you're supposed to end with like an ending. Yeah, that seemed kind of like one. Well, so I was waiting for it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it right. So very confusing and perfect to jump right into our first topic of conversation, daylight saving time. Yes. Because uh, you sent me a note. I was not even aware that it was changing in the U.S. today. Of course, um, last year, uh, the president, uh, President Bush, decided to move that up by about a month as compared to the rest of the world in changing uh, the time. And, uh, of course, I went on my annual or my biannual uh, search to find out the true conspiracy behind the daylight savings time. <laughs> you know, there's no one agrees on this shit. No one, no one, no one has a... A clear and cut reason why we're actually still doing this, except for the 2005 Energy Savings Act that uh, that is. So apparently we're saving energy, but I don't buy it. Before you uh, go into your conspiracy, which I will elaborate on once you establish whatever pattern you're going to, uh, I shouldn't. Something is kind of galling. I'm looking at my computer here and. Um, Generally speaking, Microsoft Windows changes the time for you automatically on daylight savings time. And I know that it failed to change it uh, when it was supposed to happen because they did change the day that they were going to do daylight savings. They moved it up a few weeks or a week, uh, and then they, they they also changed it back to regular time a couple weeks later than they normally do. Mm-hmm. And now Microsoft has – every Tuesday they have Patch Tuesday, and they, they, they patch – hundreds of things over the year how come they have not patched this i thought they would have patched it after last october when they when the computers didn't change to the right time and now i'm noticing this morning that my time on the computer is off by an hour well what didn't they patch i mean doesn't the way apple works it just you know periodically checks its clock against uh the time server and so there's no logic in the computer itself it's all based upon the time server well, apparently it's not the same situation here. The time server, I'm sure, the atomic clock uh, has got the right time, and this thing doesn't. It's annoying. I don't understand. Why can't they do this? How hard can this be? Well, you know what happens uh, every single time we have the switch over? Because I live in a different time zone, and we have two different calendar systems. Uh, well, really, we have um, Microsoft Outlook, which most people use. And then a lot of people, because we're uh, uh, at least 50% Mac-based company, you know, use uh, Google Calendar, and they'll sync that to their iCal. But invariably, meetings get fucked up. Oh, you know, you're waiting there for 15 minutes before you realize that the conference call is not going to start for another 45, or you show up late. I mean, it's, and, and it, it never works. It never really works 100% of the time. Yeah, I noticed. I've missed, I've missed plenty of meetings. 13 things you probably did not know about daylight savings time. By the way, it's saving, not savings. I 
I've learned. That would be the first one. Hmm. Um, hold on. Now, of course, the page is slow to load as I set that up so beautifully. But I, uh, I did cruise around. The best quote I got was, this, of course, is, uh, well, I'll give you the quote. With the ability to set the clocks back, they have mastered the space-time continuum. And now that they control all of the world's markets, the world's largest military, they are officially the masters of the universe. <laughs> Who's they? Well, the evil, the evil uberlords, of course. But really, there's only two. Th there's a couple things this could be. One, this may be the day that the uh, the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, does all of its uh, settlements because, of course, all log files get screwed up everywhere. You know, your stats get messed up because you lose an hour of stats. So maybe there's all kinds of money transactions that take place in this lost hour. Um, whoa, that was loud. Yes, <laughs> it's like a year from here. <laughs> But in general, I think it's just it's just built to confuse us and and kill more of us. More people die. This is this is the best you can do. I thought you had some really good conspiracy. Let me let me add add you a little did. dimension to this. Mm, okay, you're going to take us back to the Benjamin Franklin candle thing. <laughs> so uh, when they in, initiate, I think this was initiated, if I'm not mistaken, during the Roosevelt administration, which of course would you know kind of concur with the um, some of the they notions but what's what was interesting about it was extremely controversial i mean not just a little controversial like now people just put up with it maybe it was an attempt to see how much people would put up with well it's mind control clearly but, i mean someone is saying they're going watch what i'll make these fuckers do now but they when they did it it was supposedly for the farmers and it was done and the curious thing is and i have a collection of these songs you know there's already disagreement about that john i'm reading here that benjamin well, franklin just, came up with it and it was originally done so there'd be less candle burning i don't I, it's not the story i'm hearing but anyway because i know during the roosevelt administration there were at least a dozen records that were cut now, which makes this makes no sense. Maybe maybe Franklin had the idea and they they passed on it and they reintroduced it. But because I because I have in fact I have to dig these up. They're somewhere in my collection uh, of songs done by famous artists during the 1930s musicians complaining bitterly and Hollywood personalities by the way also complaining bitterly about the implementation of this process. And so why would they be complaining if it was Franklin, you know, Ben Franklin? Well, because... Why are they complaining in 1930? The, the, because the pretense is 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 a lie. I mean, it's clear oh, yeah, that it has like nothing to do with... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. It's a crock. You know, it's, it's, well, yeah, it's, like we really sat down with the Indians and had a big feast. Please. <laughs> well, they didn't even have <laughs> we probably, a Thanksgiving. We probably ate the Indians. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. Well, Onward. It's it's an unsolved mystery, and everyone has their view on it. But there really has never been, as far as I, my research tells me, other than this, the theft of time, absolute theft. There's yeah, no. I lost other, an hour and I have to fly out today. Yeah, there's I can't no. Imagine how many people are going to miss this flight. There's no other reason for it. I um, I dove into a couple of stories because I've learned now that when something shows up in the media uh, evolving around politics and it's like a ha-ha funny, uh, you know, a Dumbo story, there's usually something else behind it. 
Um, and that's I'm starting to learn that's maybe how disinformation works. And I wouldn't we witnessed that with our very own story uh, two shows ago where what the mainstream media pulled out was, you know, yeah, funny, but it had nothing to do with a rather serious topic at the moment. Right. Which one? That was about the uh, Peter from Fullerhoe for the, the Dutch royal who uh, oh, right, right, my wife. Right. right. That guy. So I've been uh, looking into a number of good ones, including, uh, well, I want to do this right now, the Barack Obama helicopter. So we talked about this story, it must have been the same two episodes ago. At least. And uh, so the story is that uh, Obama's uh, Marine One, of which 28 have been ordered, the budget for that has gone from $6 billion to $11 billion, which is just an unbelievable amount of money for... uh, for uh, 28 helicopters. And uh, it turns out that this uh, dates back to the war in Iraq. When, um, do you remember the, the, the Niger yellow cake as part of the proof, John, that uh, the oh, Iraq yeah, was coming up with that. weapons of mass destruction? So do you know where that proof, the so-called proof came from about the, uh, the, the yellow cake purchase? Uh, I don't remember. Mm, it's I, well, too uh, far gone yeah well I'll, I'll i'll jog your memory it came through italy uh when uh, silvio berlusconi was still uh prime minister before he got kicked out of course now he's back again and uh all the stories here because of course the helicopter is, is not being built by sikorsky a fine american company no no, no it's being built by augusta the Italian manufacturer of helicopters, and apparently the original six billion, actually it's Augusta Westland, remember Britain also lied to get us into Iraq, so Westland is a British company, so it's the British-Italian Augusta Westland, and that the six billion dollars was a payoff for the lie that, uh, and the so-called proof that uh, Berlusconi provided, so they, you know, have this huge fund of money going back. Oh, this into is you tell me this is a quid pro quo. Yes, deal. it is. Quid, and I've got lots of reporting well, on. Well, there it. must be a bunch of coverage of this in the media. There's no way they can get away with something <laughs> that, like you that. You would, you would think, John, but no. <laughs> I actually found, uh, I found a Dutch link, which was very interesting, and a uh, what is this? Newamerica.org, but it has some really good sources that it points to. Uh, so this is just, uh, it's a payoff, and that's why it will happen one way or the other, because these guys don't well, forget. How did the payoff get to $11 billion? Does that mean they actually have to pay for the helicopters on top of the payoff? Well, it it it, it could be. First of all, you don't need $6 billion for 28 helicopters either. You know, I, I had the most expensive uh, non-military helicopter from Augusta. It cost, you know, like $4.5 million. So, you know... You, Factor of 10 for all the James Bond shit. And it's still, you know, it's there's no safety in a helicopter when it comes to an RPG. Anyone can blow you out of the sky, which is why the, the president has multiple helicopters, because you never know which one he's flying in. Um, at least that's what I'm told. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it just, you know, the budget just ballooned. That's what these companies do. Hey, here's, here's your budget. Go ahead and build a $6 billion uh, new helicopter line, because it may cost billions to create a new helicopter. Uh, the R&D. But they've already, they've already started to pay off uh, this money. $2.6 billion already transferred. So Jeez. total quid pro quo payoff. This is like a co- complete scandal. It, it is, and it's not being reported. A but- quid pro quo payoff after screwing the American public and breaking the country with this crazy war. 
Go ahead and give them some more. They're just asking for more. Thugs, man. Freaking thugs. So, uh, but it was fun to kind of say, hey, you know, there's something going on. People are laughing. You know, even. Yeah, no, uh, you've been preoccupied with this helicopter story since you've looked, first looked at the numbers. Because I couldn't believe the numbers. You know, you, everyone takes it for granted. Oh, 11 billion. I go, that sounds right. No, it doesn't sound right. It does not sound right. That's not what a helicopter costs. Couple billion to develop a new one. Sure. Maybe. Maybe two, three billion, but, you know, and then to deliver, you only need one billion to deliver all of them, and you got some change left over, enough to save health care. <laughs> yeah, well, health care is going nowhere. That's a scam. So What's we were the, looking at... Yeah, go ahead. We were looking at... Um, my wife came up with this one, and then, you know, I started following up. There's kind of a scandal going on, and I Twittered it, and everybody's like, you know, up up in arms about this this HR eight seventy five. Oh, this is, is the organic food bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This uh, this is nasty. They want people to register. This is basically register everybody, and the, the organic food people would think that this is just an attack on them on the behalf of big uh, big ag. And also big organic, which is, you know, the fake organic that everyone's being sold. So the woman who I just sent you a picture of, Rosa DeLauro, is the whore. I hate that. And I don't normally rag on somebody's appearance. But this is the ugliest woman in the history of the U.S. Congress. No! <laughs> nice teeth, though. Uh, well, if you look for, if you go to that Wikipedia page on her, they have a picture of her like cackling at the podium about something or other. Oh, she's uh, she looks. I, I don't want to. I really don't like to to be besmirch Ju- judgmental or uh, for for any reason we but should not be laughing. This woman at looks appearances. like a witch. Yeah, she does. Okay, All so she needs she's is the, is the hat. So the untold part of the story is that uh, just mentioned casually in the Wikipedia thing. She, uh, who she's the one who initiated this bill and got a bunch of people to go along with it. She, her rest of her bills are all have to do with women's rights, and so she comes up with this ag bill out of the blue. And she, it, so it says she's married to political strategist Stan Greenberg. Hmm. If you look up Stan Greenberg, you find out that he was either working for directly or a lobbyist for Monsanto. Monsanto of course, <laughs> that you know, I, I actually I did the Google. For I couldn't find a cross reference. I was looking for uh, 870, HR eight seventy five and uh, the Codex Alimentarius because I'm sure somewhere. Yeah, I knew that you would do yeah, this. Yeah, and I was looking for the correlation. I, I couldn't find anything, but I did read through this bill. Um, and it does some very interesting things. Legally binds state agriculture departments to enforce federal guidelines, so the states should then effectively have no more power. And, you know, they just become the food police. Criminalizes organic farming without actually using the word organic. So it was very broadly written. And affects anyone growing food, even if they are not selling it, but consuming it. I mean, essentially, you could interpret some of this language to, hey, you know, you can't grow something and eat it yourself. You certainly couldn't sell it. You definitely cannot sell it to your neighbor. So it seems yeah, and it definitely is a farmers. You just might as well just shut down every farmers market in the country. So Stan Greenberg, <clears throat> he's a little nebbish, nebbish like character to himself. He looks like Woody Allen. I'm just looking uh, at some pages here. Gosh, so he he what are, what are his ties to Monsanto? Well, let's see here. The one was. Uh, 
For those of he, you uh, who haven't he's been He's the founder and CEO of Greenberg Quinlan Rosner Research, a polling and consulting firm and co-founder with James Carvel oh. of Democracy Corps, a nonprofit organization which produces left-leaning political strategy uh, married to so-and-so. His corporate clients, he's just a British, British Petroleum, British Airways, Monsanto, and General Motors. Unbelievable. Did and she, I don't understand how there's, you know, nobody's linked to this. this is an obvious conflict of interest. Well, he's just my husband, <laughs> my ass. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm starting to give up on uh, complaining about the news not bringing us the news and just uh, maybe just start to prepare people for the inevitable <laughs> because these these jabronis are not doing anything good for us. You're talking about the media, the folding media? Yes. The ever, the, the Com- shrinking media? shrinking, bullshit, lying media. They have, they're worried about their jobs. They don't have time to actually do any you know, research. So no one is patriotic in media. No one just stands up and says, hey, screw it. This is just the way it is. Not, not that, you would, that it would even make it on the air unless you're in a live situation. Well, I don't know what patriotism is when it comes to the media. Uh, I don't. I'm not one of those that, that thinks the media should be pounding the drum for the government. No, but isn't the media? But, uh, but they're the, not even doing. They're not even. Do, I mean, they 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 don't. Maybe don't. It seems to me that you, you know there is people say, well, you know, it's a liberal media, and they've done a lot of research, and it is a liberal media. They're all union members, and most of them vote Democrat. And you know, you can go into the newsroom. I've told the story before. I'll tell it again to some of our newer listeners. I went and gave a speech in uh, to a uh, newspaper. Uh, group of newspaper editors uh, and um, and and you know the couple layers of editors and there was probably 100 people in the room and I was casually mentioning this issue and they nobody disagreed with me and I said how many people here for example would uh, even think of voting for John McCain out of 100 two hands went up wow and and then a guy comes up to me after the speech and says, I was you know, I just want to let you know <laughs> that I would have raised my hand, but I, was I didn't afraid. think it was a, a good idea. Because <sighs> you said, and he said, you see, you can see the reason why. And that's, that's just it. I mean, that's just the way it is. And nobody's, you know, uh, they don't think twice about it. Uh, you can't be anything but a, a liberal in the uh, newsroom. Half these, half the the people on television, particularly who are doing the, are just reading the news. I mean, they're just like pr- President Obama. They're just reading from teleprompters. By the way, he'd be a great. He would be a great reader. news anchor. There is definitely a career for him there. There's a, there's a Dutch YouTube video which I, I never queued up because it's obviously in Dutch and it's a video, but I will put it in the show notes. It's of a, a Dutch news reader girl. Uh, young woman, and it's uh, b- before it's before airtime, so it's an off-air check, and it got out. And she's literally, you know, she's futzing with her hair because that's what that's all she cares about. She has to look good, not bump into any furniture, and read the news or read whatever's on the teleprompter. And she's like adjusting her breasts and opening up her button and saying, "Oh yes, it's all about the boobies." And you know, if my mom sees too much, she'll be angry. I mean, complete, totally breaks down the wall. Uh, if you've ever seen this woman reading the news. And people don't realize. Though they don't stop to realize. Yeah, well, reading, the news readers are what they... they, they they're readers. You know, it's it's not what that, they are. They're, they're news readers. They're, reading. they're news readers, yeah. exactly. They're just good readers. 
And Obama's a really good reader. There's been more stories about him. Now he's getting so dependent on the teleprompter that he brings it with him everywhere. He, even when he gives like a two-minute thing where he says, I'd like to introduce so-and-so who I believe is going to be, you know, an outstanding secretary of blah, blah, blah. He has to have a teleprompter for this. Yeah. Yeah, there's a story in the show notes that's linked uh, that really uh, breaks down his use of the teleprompter. It was pretty good. Was that uh, Politico or what was what was that site? That you uh, maybe, said? but I, I, a lot of people have been picking up on it because it's getting a little tiresome. Yeah, Politico. one of the problems that it has. I don't think for one thing. I don't know. He's so dependent on it. It's ridiculous because I've seen him. I said, well, this guy can't. You know, and people believe that during the debates where you couldn't use a prompter that he was going to just show himself to be a stammering, you know, fool. But uh, I saw him uh, uh, ad lib fine. I saw, I've seen him on Letterman. I've seen him on Leno. Uh, and he's on Letterman. He was very funny. He had good lines. He's, he's a little hesitant when he speaks. He's not as quite as. Well, there's snappy. an obvious reason for this, John. And I have the I have something uh -oh. to prove it. I have I have some proof for you today. The okay. obvious reason is because every, first of all, every you know again this is the fail this is the fail culture we have where everyone is sitting on top of everyone's every single blog post, Twitter wording or soundbite to pounce when you did something wrong or you said it wrong. You're wrong. Ah, we got you. You failed. People love doing that. That's all they sit around all day. And because this is stuff that that deals with billions of dollars, hundreds of billion, trillions of dollars. It's because of the lawyers. They are so afraid he would actually say something like he said this morning in his address to the people of the United States and the world, his weekly YouTube radio address. Listen very carefully to the wording about our jobs. Dollars of new lending so that families can finance a car or college education and small businesses can raise the capital that will create jobs. And we've already begun to implement the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, a plan that will save and create. Did you hear it? What? He said save and create. Yes, yeah, save and create. It was save or create. It's been save or create for months, John. Oh, he made a huge he made a now he huge has to mistake. A job. <laughs> save and I'll play it again. Save and create, he's saying, for the first time. So that families can finance a car or college education, and small businesses can raise the capital that will create jobs. And we've already begun to implement the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, a plan that will save and create over three Save and create. So of course I um and so now you're just ex exhibiting the characteristics that you criticize the public at large for doing, which is being, which is picayune, little nitpicking of, a, of just a parsing and then saying, well, he's changed the word or to and. It's significant. Yes. And I totally agree that, there, that what you're saying is exactly the same. But there is a little bit of difference when people are pouncing on someone to say they jumped the shark and a guy putting $800 billion of printed money into the economy <laughs> to save or create. Now he's saying save and create. Does that mean we need another $800 billion? And by the way, the jobs he has saved, he proved it. Our president went off to the academy for the police and said these 25 cadets' jobs were saved by the stimulus package. 25 jobs! 25! Wow, you, you, how much tea did you have this morning? And then, so I go to recovery.org.gov, and then there's, oh, 3,000 aviation jobs. Oh, of course, my eye catches that. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Aviation jobs. For, yeah, for the Department of Homeland Security, for the TSA. 
So we now have 3,025 jobs that have been saved. Those jobs weren't saved. No, they were created. Probably... They were saved because, they, no, no, the, you have to understand, the 3,000 were created and the 25 were saved. And he, he did a whole press conference. It was live. I watched the whole thing. I know. I saw this press conference about saving these 25 jobs. Yes, it was tw- 25 jobs. we have hundreds jobs. of thousands of people being thrown out of work on a monthly basis is the most ludicrous thing. I don't understand why people aren't up in arms about this. Because people are stupid and they are hypnotized. Yeah, I don't know. When I count that to three, sleep. you're going to be awake. One, two, three. Wakey, wakey, wakey. Okay, you're up and you're awake. Okay, and, you're going to start the show? <laughs> and you're cognizant. And you know what's going on around you. This is the funniest, though, John. Um, so, you know, of course, there's been this minor international flap, probably underreported in the United States, but we definitely in the United Kingdom feel that uh, President Obama uh, shined our prime minister who went to Washington with a, a lot of big poo-ha noise. Stiffed him. He got completely stiffed. Well, the White House has responded. The reason... President oh, there's o- a new reason other than no, the one that was snowing? No, 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 no. Mr. Obama, Obama and his staff have been overwhelmed by the economic meltdown, and he was tired. The new president is not getting enough rest. He went to a basketball went, game. Dude, he yes, every night him. he's got Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder. He's got the Jonas Brothers. They're all hanging out. They're having cocktail parties on Wednesday night. He's going to basketball games. He was too tired? <laughs> now, it gets better. So Gordon Brown, love him, hate him, I don't care. He does a very... They're all over this, by the way. People should know this, our listeners, that in the British media, they are just... Because it is, it, 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 is a, it means a lot, which, of course, I'm going to get to. But let's, first, let's do the trivial shit. So Gordon Brown did something very English and very British and very proper. He brought along a gift, and the gift was a pen made from the wood from a ship that was one of the first ships that stopped slavery. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but well thought of. You know, hey, man, you know, this, this, this will mean something to this guy. You know, it's a personal gift. It's a pen. It's made from the same wood the president's desk is made at the White House. So this, a lot of thought went into this. What does he get? He gets a goodie bag of DVDs. And of, co- and of course... Wait, yeah, and, and, said- and the kids, the two kids, uh, Gordon Brown's sons, each got a, a plastic model of Marine One. Oh, the irony. <laughs> well, here's the real irony. If he gave the, those DVDs, because of the nature of the MPAA, are not playable in England. <laughs> it changes region code. <laughs> So I was looking up the region code. So he gave him a bunch of DVDs that are basically unplayable. They were bogus. Oh, because USA's region one and England, I think, region is, two. Get the list here. Region two, I think. No, no, region two is Japan. Oh yeah, Europe. That is okay, so, so funny. So and the funny and then to make it even worse, they have over the last uh, year or two. A lot of people don't, haven't. Nobody's really discussed this too much, but they've added another layer to the region uh, uh, code uh, thing, which you know, DVD players have to look at the region code and see that they can legally play the disc. Well, they've added another layer, which I, I'm looking for the name of it. But anyway, it's, it's another layer that only applies, by the way, to region one discs, because this is the only important disc, I guess, you have to be careful with. And the region one discs will now not play on the, on the systems that, that are region free. 
you can buy these DVD players that, you know, you can buy them. They come, most of them come from China, but they're around. You can buy them. They play all the discs from all over the world. So if you have a Region 2 disc, you can play it. You can play a Region 3 disc. It doesn't make any difference. But now Region 1 discs won't play on these devices. <sighs> so essentially, you Screwed. know, he gave him discs that are no yeah. good. It was uh, the... Uh... Uh, this, by the way, is our tech-savvy president. Yes. So this, it was a set of DVDs. It was 25 classic American films. And uh, Brown also um, gave gifts to uh, the kids. He outfits from Topshop, which, of course, is a very, very British uh, clothing uh, chain, and six children's books by British authors, which are shortly to be published in uh, the U.S. I mean, so this clearly is an international... This has importance, and I can boil it down to the following, that... Can you turn your speakers down just a tad, John? Yeah, I tend to stand pretty low. Well, then turn up the hearing aid. What? <laughs> Are the lights still on? Um, I believe that at this point in time, and just just look at all the signs around us, you know, with the auto industry now really on the imminent uh, uh, precipice of demise, um, uh, not just in the United States, but across Europe, We've got huge industries that are are set to fail. Um, the derivatives scandal that is wrapped up in AIG un, un, unwinds. Another layer comes off every week, which is another ten, twenty, thirty, eighty billion dollars. All Obama's administration is doing, which of course he is communicating through reading, is keeping the shit afloat just a little bit longer. They got the plunge protection team in there working on the markets every single day. You can see what they're doing when it shoots up and then it goes back down to the level it was at. I mean, it's all so, so obvious that the whole scheme is coming apart and all they're doing is trying to keep the shit together until they come out and it might happen in April with the G20 that they will announce the new monetary fiscal. As Gordon Brown said to the joint session of Congress, the new, the global, new global economic system. And I think it's going to be the IMF, John. They're the ones making the most noise, making the most moves. They've, they're, they've now passed legislation. So all members of the IMF, which is all countries basically that matter, uh, to create SDRs, special drawing rights, which is a phantom form of spreadsheet money. It's coming, baby. It's happening. And and there's nothing that Gordon Brown uh, clearly is going to do with Obama. He doesn't give a shit about Gordon Brown. He poops on him. He pooped. He did. He did. He pooped I on, poop him. on I Gordon poop Brown. On Gordon. There was a, and there was an ad for a um, a book in the Financial Times. The title of the book: Gordon is a moron. I mean, it doesn't get much cleaner than that, does it? <laughs> So that that's where all of this is headed. There's this every week. I'm like, God, man, it's Monday. What is going to fail today? Who's going to be in huge trouble? I'm uh, blaming the British for all this. Well, of course, it is the evil British bankers who are really uh, and I'm not talking about the Bank of England. Here's one from our uh, our files of ongoing topics. Uh, We've been talking a lot about medical marijuana in uh, California, and there was a lot of uh, hubbubaboo. Recently, when uh, the, uh, was it uh, O'Brien, Attorney O'Brien, had uh, directed to stop the raiding of um, medical marijuana, I guess, growers and shops, etc. So it was O'Brien who uh, sent out that memo. He overturned it on Friday. (laughs) What? Wait a minute. Back up. 
I knew you weren't listening to me. I was listening. Okay, so going to, Thomas P. O'Brien sent a confidential you know, memo I, to prosecutors. I heard, I heard the entire story, but I'm not believing what you said. I think you must have made some error here. Okay, well, this is from the the L.A. Times, the Los Angeles Times, and I'll just I'll I just thought, oh wait a minute, stop it before you go. Let's 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 give some background here. My understanding that, or your understanding, because you're the one that keeps bringing this topic up, Obama was elected with a with a with a clear by saying mission. that he was going to to do something, and he got a mandate to do it. And now you're telling me that he did it for like five minutes, and then said, "Ah, screw it, I'm going to go back to the George yeah, Bush way." More like three days. So let me just oh. read the, read the first uh, the first paragraph verbatim here. The U.S. Attorney in Los Angeles sent a confidential memo to prosecutors last week, ordering them to stop filing charges against marijuana dispensaries. Then abruptly lifted the ban on Friday. O'Brien, of course, declined to comment on why he has rescinded it, and it was literally two days after the Attorney General Eric Holder. Uh, said that uh, medical marijuana prosecutions would not be a priority. So this is, but this is pretty consistent, uh, John. It's like so. Well, you, then, you, well, say, you, say, you say on day one, you say no lobbyist in my administration. Here are the rules, and then two days later, you quickly go and break the rules. That seems to be the modus operandi here. Well, you know, he can at least say that yes, I did that. <laughs> Technically, it's that lawyer shit again, man. Technically, I did exactly what I said I would do. Oh. Well, I guess he did it just long enough for his boys to get their stash. There's a new conspiracy theory in Europe. All right. There is no such thing as Americans. They are all actors. <laughs> Working for Disney. <laughs> That's right. And we're actually backstage right now. <laughs> Did you know, you, you know, I don't know a lot of people know this, but the Disney, when they set up shop in Florida, they, uh, they, they wanted to, you know, the Florida had all these strict, strict labor laws. And Disney said, you know, we don't really want to deal with these labor laws because they're just going to cost us too much money and it's not going to be any good. We need some way around this labor law thing. And so they changed. So people that work at the Disney, um, Disney World in Orlando, they don't actually, they're not working for Disney. They're all considered cast, cast members. members. Yeah. And, and if you, in fact, you'll see that when said it where it says the employee lounge, it just doesn't say that, you know, they might as well just cross out employees. No, it, it actually it says, said that they're, they're backstage. It has yeah, all backstage these... cast members only yeah, because yeah. the, because the labor laws don't apply to actors in Florida. And they, these people, and, and this includes, by the way, the guy who scrapes the bubble gum off the, off the ground. Yeah, he's, he's an actor for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to send you this link uh, just just to get back to one second, because, of course, you know, we like to identify trends. And, uh, you know, the first trend we've identified that when there's a crisis abound, the government will create a website, you know, whether it's recovery.gov or whether it's uh, realhelpnow.gov.uk. The next step in this trend is you need an emblem. A downloadable Oh, yeah, they always emblem. have to have the logo. Oh, this is their new logo. This is the new logo, the recovery.gov emblem. And you can download a high-resolution version. Wow. And, uh, They're really into this imagery. Well, someone should, uh, I'm sure someone will, should uh, dissect this because it's got a lot of it. I like the gears on it. You know, what is the gears thing? 
What well, is that that's the, we got we got agriculture on the left. And people will look at this later. And it was a circle that's cut in half, and then on the bottom are two on two quadrants. One of them shows a leaf, got a couple of three leaves actually indicating agriculture, and is on a green background. And the other one shows two gears against a red background. Communist, by the way, um, it's a socialist color. I mean, symbolically, it's a and total, then, total communist thing. Yeah, and then above that is the is a is a whole half circle that says recovery.gov and then one, two, three, four, eight stars. one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, eight stars. But look at two, and, two, as a, two stars break the circle though. What's that all about? Uh I'm sure that's an Illuminati. I, that's, they signal. probably just didn't, yeah, the two <laughs> stars break the circle on one side and so does one of the gears and this and the and the base and of the, the of the stem. The, yeah. I don't think that's significant. I think mm. uh it just happened it's actually sloppy. <laughs> it's just shitty. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe it makes the circle more. I mean, if you, yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that, wouldn't that patch look great on a denim jacket? I think as an armband. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Where's again. the armbands? I'm waiting for these. They're not out yet. You know, man. I keep looking at. You know, I keep looking at the rights for these things, and they, they every time they design one of these things, if you start really digging into it, there are are rights associated with it, so you can't make it into an armband uh, legally. Well, this is ours. This is from the government. This is not from BarackObama.com. This is from the yeah, U.S. government. Is, maybe this could be done. You may be able to do an armband with this. Um, it's not as jazzy. It's not as fascist looking, though, as the Barack. Uh, I'm sure they hired the same team, though. Yeah, the logo design team. They're out of Chicago. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, Something interesting happened. You know, I'm not a big sports guy. In fact... Uh, I really don't give a rat's ass. I'll watch uh, the championships and the final things of the Olympics. That's about it. But I, um, I've been following what's been going on with Major League Soccer in the U.S. Uh, for two reasons. One, uh, David Beckham, of course, arguably uh, one of the world's best players, um, was um, you know was bought and uh, and installed there. But also one of the world's former best players and great coach Ruud Gullit, who was a uh, uh, Dutch player. Gunzuntite. Yes. Gullet, most people would say. Um, and, uh, you know, and this was big news in the Netherlands because he was moving there and his wife was moving there. She's a, uh, you know, kind of famous, uh, fam- famous girlfriend, wife type vibe. And, you know, she always has all the bling and, oh, we'll be hanging out with the Beckhams. And, you know, so that, so it, I follow that a little bit. And, uh, you know, Beckham has done nothing but lose. Uh, not necessarily Beckham, but the uh, the LA Galaxy have d- done nothing but lose. It's been a total PR nightmare. It has not worked at all. And all of a sudden, Ruth Hillett, uh, like maybe two months ago, said, "Screw it, I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm 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 cutting my contract. I'm gone." And uh, I I've just now learned after um, hearing that David Beckham was so anxious to leave. He was on loan to AC Milan, the Italian team where he's played before. He was so anxious not to go back to the United States. He actually contributed to some of the money that AC Milan has to pay the Galaxy, so he does so he can stay playing, stay on playing with AC Milan. Now that to me was very interesting. I'm like, why? Hey, oh, here's here's some. I'll, you take my money. Take my money. Wanna, yeah, I don't. This is like working for a company and then giving them money so you don't have to go to work. So the story is, and this is coming from, you know, it's obviously it's third, fourth hand, but it's through my Dutch channels, is that Hullet discovered that the whole thing with Beckham and him and MLS and the LA Galaxy was intended 
to to kill Major League Soccer because basketball, baseball, and football in the United States need all the help they can get. And because soccer is such a worldwide sport, they, they want to kill it. And that's why these that's why these guys bailed because they figured it out that all the, this whole MLS thing is just to to never make it successful and they're they're it's almost like a disinfo campaign. Hmm. That's interesting. But you know, they're no, doing a good job yeah. of killing it. Yeah. Well, mission, but, but, mission but what's there to kill? The American public has never gotten into soccer. It's it's considered yeah, but, a but, girls' but, but, game. But think about the setup. You know, the, the setup of of having a Beckham and a Posh Spice, and you know the the whole Hollywood vibe with Cruz and everyone. You know, was trying to kind of try to make it work, but. They were probably putting something in their food because the team, you know, whether you had Beckham or not, the team was just sucking. But to, but for Beckham to to pay money to not have to go back was astounding to me. Good story. Thanks. Okay, so I guess I'm going to jump uh, ahead here with this. Here we go. You've been waiting for it. The public needs to know. We don't know anything about this. I just got an email from somebody. Uh, I don't know that I got permission to uh, use his name, so I'm not going to. We'll call him Adam. Was I copied on this? Uh, yeah. Okay. It says right here, you're the, actually the first guy who got it. Adam and John. Uh, my boss's wife works as a project manager for Utah's largest private construction company. Her company just won the bid to build a new eBay data center call center going up in Thule, Utah. It's pronounced Tuila. Okay, Tuila. Obviously an Indian tribe. She was looking over the blueprints the other day and noticed something strange. There is a fence that surrounds the entire perimeter of the grounds. Next to the entry gate, there is a security station. Next to the security station, there is what looked on the blueprints to be some sort of an elevator that pops out of the ground. She asked her boss, the founder of the company, what the elevator was. He didn't know, so they con contacted some folks at eBay who told them that it was a fifty caliber machine gun turret. <laughs> As if that wasn't strange enough, this enormous building, sorry if I don't remember the square footage, it only, this thing only has 75 parking spaces. Well, it's a data center. You don't need a lot of parking spaces for a data center. True, you don't. Well, it's supposed to be, a, it's also a uh, call center, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah, and he does say, I'm looking at the mail now, data center, yeah, data call center. center. Call center. Hmm. So call center, you know, still it may be only, but 75 is... So, you know, the, so, for, so the folks at eBay said that this is that's a fifty caliber machine gun turret. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think that could be? Is this like a prison they're building? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of dual purpose buildings going up here and there. Are she sure it was? Is she sure it was eBay, and not FEMA? I mean, you know, you, you could get it kind of confused, but uh, I don't know, maybe unbelievable. Something else happened over here. Uh, that may have made the uh, the press, which I did just want to comment on. Um, the business secretary here in the UK, uh, Peter Mandelson, was uh, attacked by Plain Stupid, which is a a green group, and they threw green custard all over him. Uh, did you see any of this at all? No, I don't know anything about this. Um, so it happens in the parking lot, and there's a couple of things that are really astounding. So first of all, Plain Stupid are, um, uh, they were uh, one of the most vocal groups who wanted to stop the uh, approval of a third runway at Heathrow. 
so this and you know so there's there's all kinds of cameras and the guy drives up to Whitehall and he gets out of his car and you know the cameras are always a little distant and uh, this woman just walks up to him and he leans over you know he's kind of a tall guy uh, to hear what she has to say and then she has a cup of what looks like coffee in her hand and she throws this right in his face and it's green custard. And uh, so this whole thing has, has been one big joke. It's being laughed off. You know, he laughed off. He laughed it off. This woman, by the way, just walks away. You know, the cameras follow her. So she throws this custard in his face. No one apprehends her. No one jumps on her. She just walks away. And two days earlier, she was in some public uh, meeting place. It was a very funny idea, by the way. But she had an air horn. And uh, whenever uh, <laughs> whenever uh, someone said something she didn't like, she'd toot the air horn and said, "Oh, I'm sorry, that's that's my 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 lie detector. I I forgot to leave it at home." And so she kept tooting, which is very funny. But that's a good gag. But I she's like terrorizing. It. Let me say one thing: terrorizing, throwing something into someone's face is an act that is a huge, a hugely aggressive act. And I really am severely against it and i've seen this happen this is pim Fortin before he was assassinated by uh, an animal nut shot six times in the head dutch politician two weeks before he was going to win the election which he did posthumously they threw a like a uh, a cow pie in his face this is really very this extremely aggressive behavior i don't care what your point of view is, that is violence, and I'm really against it. And the government laughing it off are a bunch of tools and idiots. Good point. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Links in uh, in the show notes at uh, noagenda.mevio.com. I have uh, some maybe related news. Um, Anthony Weiner. It's funny that his name popped up in this research. He is, um, I interviewed you popped up <laughs> pun intended, uh, uh, representative Anthony D Weiner, Democrat from New York, uh, who I interviewed for CNN when he was just starting out in his political career, very young guy, tall guy, uh, has been arguing for H one B visas for models, <laughs> which <laughs> He feels that a thousand H one B visas, which allows foreigners to work in our country in the United States, um, he says, you know, it's a real problem if we can't get these models in. <laughs> we need at least a thousand models a year to have reserved <laughs> visas. Which on one hand, yeah, I'm like it. I think it's pretty funny, but then it got me into a, a whole bunch of <clears throat> other uh, pieces of research, and I stumbled upon this something that happened just yesterday because of the rumors about this company been going around for so long. Thank God the mail uh, was all on top of it. The CEO of the elite modeling agency was arrested on cocaine charges in uh, Paris. Hmm. But the guy was using... He, he, he had just bought 120 pounds worth of cocaine, but consumed it before the police got to him. Holy crap. <laughs> he also, so the police uh, sees 150 grams of cocaine, 150 grams, 750 grams of cannabis. You know, this is, there is a huge scandal to be unearthed amongst what's going on in the modeling and fashion world. You know, we got fashion models committing suicide. All, you know, look, just look at them on the runway. They look like they're drugged out. Yeah, well, maybe that's a case if, if you can't cover it up, turn it up. This is one big, if you want to go after slave trade and prostitution, bust open the fashion world. 
It's atrocious what they're doing to these 14, 15-year-old girls. And it's douchebags like this, Hennett, Mr. Hennett, 35, chief executive of Elite World Models. They are the ones that are at the center of this trade, and it needs to be exposed. Bertrand Hennett. I hope you got that off your chest. It's it's horrible. It really, really is horrible. Look, just look at one of these runway shows, and you know these models—they look like they're coked up. Yeah, yeah. And they and the and what they you know the smart thing the fashion industry has done is let's just make you know the raccoon look and and that you know the the wiped out mascara that makes them look like heroin addicts. That's just to cover up the fact that they're heroin addicts. <laughs> heroin addicts. <laughs> Uh, another guy, Anand John, was found guilty of sex abuse on models. There's an Indian guy who was uh, also running models. I mean, this is it's between 14 and 21 years old, these girls are. It just pisses me off. Really does. So on a lighter note... Well, I thought that was pretty light. We talked about models and... You know, so Wiener's in the scandal, clearly. He's trafficking the, the, the girls in and handing them off to the drug dealers. What do you need to bring more models in for? There's so many models in this country already. Well, that's because uh, he needs to get the foreigners in, man. Like, with no history, no papers, no backgrounds. You can uh, trade them easier. Yeah, sounds like it. H1B. You know, people are having the justification for H-1Bs in this job market is really on thin ice. Microsoft, for example, is going on about, well, you know, we have to lay off a bunch of people. We got to keep our H-1B people. Why do you think that is? Because they're, they're cheaper? Because they're the world's greatest coders? Well, that's what Eric well, Schmidt says. Case, what are we looking at with these products they produce? <laughs> yeah. So I, I installed Ubuntu. Oh, really? It's a, it's a fun OS. I've done that in the past. It's really nice. I'm actually impressed with it. And it, 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 what's cool about it is that if you get 8.1 and you download the, the ISO and make a CD out of it, the thing is not only installs from this disk, but you also ask, acts as a live CD. So you can actually yeah, you, you, you can, you can Yeah, you can plug it into any, uh, any Windows machine and it'll just – even a Mac, I think, you can put that CD into. And it'll just Maybe. boot up Ubuntu, yeah. And you can even – you can put it onto a – a thumb drive, and then you can have your own customized desktop. No, it's quite advanced, and it comes with good tools, and it kind of just works. Yeah, I was impressed. So people, in fact, they just wrote a column that's going to run on Monday, uh, PT Magazine. So, um, hey, Becky Worley showed up. She's working on ABC uh, News now. Oh, yeah? So she's been assimilated? She's been assimilated, but she did a story that was, she didn't quite, I don't think, they think they lightened up the story, but she, they did a story on Nightline about uh, teenagers being addicted to text messaging. Yeah. And then they highlighted one girl who apparently d did last month. I don't know how the parents, you know, text messaging costs a lot of money. Well, you get, anyway, you, get X, you get your bundle, you get X amount for free. You get 500 she does, or 500. She, last month, she did 36,666 text messages. Was that just sending or receiving or both? I think it was sending, which is 1,000 a day, a little more than 1,000 a day. Jeez. They showed her. So how many is that it. an hour? Is, how many is that, uh, that, that doesn't make sense. You just have to be texting all the time. But she showed her. She's so good that she doesn't have to look at the keyboard on the little, you know, 
device she's got, and she can do it behind her back. <laughs> they showed her. She's like Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar. Yeah, well, these are star children, John. You know, just because they, you know, they've adapted right out of the cradle to the new forms of of communication and interfaces. You know, whereas it, we had to not just learn, but in some cases create the forms of communication. It's been handed to them on a on a silver platter, and they grab it. And you know, they're super intelligent beings. They, you know, I do believe in evolution. They've got to be smarter than, than me, and just like I'm smarter than you, just purely because of evolution. So somebody just sent me a note saying it's thirty bucks a month unlimited on T-Mobile. Okay, so there you go. anyway, the the other story which they didn't bring up for some reason, I couldn't believe that you know the, the Nightline show run, but the guy that's can't remember his name, uh, who's the host. He's just this dour Indian guy who's just got no sense of humor whatsoever. <laughs> they they had one of the uh, they did a sh- uh, a segment on how these. Uh, Titty barch style restaurants like Hooters uh, are actually making money in the downturn. And then they mentioned two specifically new places that are opening up, new chain up in Texas. One of them, uh, Bone Daddies. Bone which, Daddies? Which, by the way, had some of the <laughs> Yeah, Bone Daddies. And Bone Daddies, which has four stores doing $6 million a month, has some of the best looking waitresses I've ever seen. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> And then the other one, the other chain that's opening up in Texas again, because they got a lot of good-looking women down there, so they can do this, is called Twin Peaks. <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty funny name. And Twin Peaks is an operation that's moving into the the various Ruby Tuesdays that are folding all over the state. That are moving into their premises. Yeah. Hmm. And. Um, Anyway, so at the end of this segment, this guy has his he, the guy doing the, uh, the the packages has himself showing himself with all the girls around him from each of the uh, each of the restaurants, and so they show him with a group of babes, and him with another group of babes, and him with another group of babes, and then they go back to this Martin Bashir, who's this host of Nightline, who's who just said, and that was so and so and so. He said like it was the funniest thing you've seen for a while. On this show, and this guy can't break a smile, can't say anything funny, and he, you know it's just the worst show. This Nightline <laughs> with this guy, it, it's imaginable. Anyway, well, then- so what they missed on the on the Nightline show was another trend which they're starting to talk about, and the and the new term is out there. The new meme is sexting. Oh yeah, instead sexting. Of, yeah, yeah, instead of texting, and sexting, which I don't, I'm just stunned that they didn't even bring it up, is the, the these kids again, teenagers who just text message constantly, sending lewd pictures of themselves to their to their girlfriend yeah, or whatever. Which, which you know, girls are now being arrested for because that's uh, child pornography. You're actually storing and transferring child pornography if you're uh, underage, and they're being yeah. arrested for it. Yeah, I know. There's a bunch of arrests being made. These these kids are going, arrested for what? Yeah, because you sent a naked picture. That's child pornography right there. Wait a minute. It's my own picture. (laughs) Yeah, you can't send it to anyone. That breaks all the laws right there. I know these kids are befuddled by this, and they're all a lot of you know. There's some kid that was you know thrown in the slammer, and they had him you know and girls, thirteen year old girls. Yeah, well, there's also boys that send pictures of their dick. Oh, no, oh, but they, they get a criminal record, and oh, they're sick, and they have to go to the psychiatrist, and Child Protective Services will come and take them away. It's just another <laughs> yep. reason for all of that shit. You know, I like to stick to uh, the Apple community. Uh, we have something called iCheat. What's iCheat? Well, you know iChat? 
Yeah. Well, so that's I cheat. You have sexting oh, and, so you have, and you have eye cheating. Oh, okay. Because it's a full-on uh, video, audio, great quality experience with chroma key backgrounds. Oh, you can do chroma keys with iChat? It, well, it's yeah, it's it's a kind of chroma key. Yeah, it, it's automatic. It, it says step out of the frame, and then you uh, you step out of the frame, and then it keys. You know, you, it's best if you have a white wall behind you, obviously, or some uh, even color. And come, you can do a QuickTime movie or just a picture. It's pretty cool. Huh? You can really customize your experience, and you can have multiple people on. Can share the desktop. It's eye cheating. Now brought to you by Mattel and Apple. Eye cheating for kids. Well, they should throw all these kids in jail. Apparently. <laughs> all right. So the uh, the big topic for me, which uh, I'm pretty sure showed up on Dvorak.org slash slash blog as underreported news is uh, Baxter International. The, oh, yeah. uh, the flu virus um, vaccine company who sent a lethal mixture of flu vaccine and bird flu to, uh, they say four, but I'm pretty sure it was 18 European countries to distributors. <laughs> and one of the distributors... For whatever reason, maybe just because you got to test this shit, tried it out on some ferrets, and the ferrets died immediately. And it turns out that they were sending out flu vaccine mixed with H5N1 virus known as bird flu. And yeah, well, somebody's, you know, that's, here's the problem, Adam, and I, I, you have to agree with me on this one. You know, they, this bird flu thing just kind of didn't go anywhere. We were hoping for the outbreak so we could have a pandemic, and it never happened. So the thing to do was to load up some vaccine and send it to Europe, and maybe it'd get this thing started. Right. That's exactly what this is, John. I'm glad you laid it out so clearly. Because we know that the thing that they haven't been able to do yet with bird flu, and yes, all pharmaceutical companies, and I'm the dick that goes in and reads the 10Qs and the 10Ks, they all boast about their half a billion or billion dollar pipeline of flu vaccine, and specifically avian flu vaccine. You can see it right there. It says we have avian flu vaccine, and we have a contract with the government. The stimulus bill has actual billions of dollars appropriated for avian flu and other airborne uh, illnesses written right into it, but they can't get it going because it doesn't transfer from, from human to human yet. So clearly the theory is if you mix it in with the flu vaccine, which, John, I might point out, you take every single time it's available, and then it's mixed up with a bird flu, you could get a hybrid that is an airborne version of human-to-human -human H5N1 virus, i.e. human bird flu, Right? Anything's possible. So, is this being reported at all in the United States? At all? I, uh, do, do we had, uh, I've seen a couple of mentions of it, uh, mostly on blogs. Uh, it's not all over the news that I can tell. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's right. Europe. It's, uh, it's Europe. Who gives a shit about Europe? That Gordon Brown guy, give him some DVDs. Who cares about Europe? <laughs> Where, where's Amy Weinstein when you need her? <laughs> Amy Weintraub. <laughs> That's even better. So, you know, John, give me some feedback here, man, because I'm really outraged by this. Real, and you know, and I've put a whole bunch of links in the in the show notes. Um, 
you know, there were some homeless people that uh, in Poland, they did trials on them with flu vaccine, and these homeless people died. And so now that's been uh, exposed. Mm. So, you know, for how does bird flu get into flu vaccines? How does that virus get in there? There's supposed to be a, a bio-levels hazard three operation, which makes it virtually impossible well, for anything co- like this to happen. Yeah, it's kind of peculiar. Peculiar? <laughs> it's very peculiar. And by the way, I want to man- I don't want I don't want to go in here and start pounding the drum to get people to uh to uh donate to this show, but this is the kind of stuff that we talk about that by the way, I was watching public broadcasting. We'll get right back to the story. Yeah. I was watching public broadcasting. They keep having these fundraisers and of course they get a lot of money. We, you know, are trying to get some so we can do this for the public as opposed to for a sponsor. Uh I mean, I wouldn't mind Monsanto, Monsanto send your check. We'll change our tune. Thousand bucks. We'll give him one minute of, of disinformation, which will have a header. Disinformation in the morning. Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, hey, which is fine. Cornstarch is good for you, kids. High fructose, high fructose corn. High fructose HFs, whatever CS. So, which I think is funny. They use that moniker. Anyway, the, the this kind of information is what what. I think is interesting. I mean, I'm interested in it. It's really, you know, this bird flu story is a great one to talk about. All, so it's Dvorak.org slash NA. Please contribute something. We uh, can use all the help we have. We're about one-third of the way to our first goal, and uh, which is not far enough. And uh, if you can't contribute, then uh, tell a friend that they should listen to this show. And you find it at noagenda.mevo.com. But... Um, this is uh, this this just blows me away. And you know, Baxter International is a publicly listed company. Its stock actually went up when they admitted it. Yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, it That's went funny. up like ninety cents. They admitted, oh, oh yeah, we messed that up. Oh, everyone was like, yeah, these guys are doing it. They're on it. Quick invest. It's a good way to go. Make some money. Yeah, they should probably be thrown in jail. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Remember, I told you about that Jade Goody. The girl who's dying of uh, what initially was cervical cancer, the the Big Brother celebrity. Oh right, right, right. So um, my prediction is, and I, it's horrible, but uh, somewhere between this program and uh, probably it won't probably last take more than four to six weeks, they will start using her death, her imminent death, as a reason for people to go get this bogus uh, HPV vaccination which of course might be mixed up with bird flu uh, if you if they start doing that uh, make some uh, some uh fine you know make some clips on the show some clips of examples what? i think you're absolutely correct and why wouldn't they but yeah exactly and and it's, it's disturbing john it's just fucking disturbing that so. is, with that bird flu thing is pretty bad I mean, it's like, why? How did it get in there in the first place? What was it doing? I mean, what were they doing playing with it? I mean, how did? Yeah. Well, I just, it's you know, there's definitely. Uh, I don't get why the media wasn't all over this thing and f- trying to follow up and doing some investigative reporting and how did the bird flu? How, what were they doing with bird flu in the first place? And there's nothing. We get nothing. These guys are horrible. I mean, it's gone to the point. You know, where, like I was, you know, mentioning earlier, that, that the stuff that they're doing is so lame and shallow now that uh, it's just it's pathetic. They're so brazen. They're just out in the open. You know, it's climate change. Everything's happening around you. 
Um, there's, you know, we're we're entering into that phase where there was a great article. I think someone copied you on. Uh, there was an email from Nancy Levant. Um, let me just uh, bring this up for a second. It was called "The United Shame of America," and uh, I'd never heard this uh, this term before. But she talks about green communism, better known as communitarianism. Had you heard that term? No, no, I don't remember this one. I like it. Communitarianism. So that's basically green communism. And it really talks about, you know, how, and she's talking from the U.S. Uh, perspective. And I think it's, uh, it, it kind of, you know, kind of goes for most uh, countries where people are listening is that we want it this way. We, we let it happen, you know, because we just, you know, we, we just can't be bothered. And, you know, like, oh, we'll just give it up and let someone else do it. And, you know, we'll, we'll take it. And it goes. She even, uh, uh, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude doesn't mean that we can't be in servitude. It's just not involuntary. And what her point of the article is it's voluntary and that's just who we are and who we've become. I'll send I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's a pretty good article. I, th- I thought you were copied on that. I figured you would have read it. Uh, no, that's what got me. You but got I think uh, commu- communitarianism is a good one. That's a good, I word. like communitarianism. Because it really is much closer to what's what's happening. Um, so, uh, so another. Just mention one thing. Get it off the, my list of stuff. So, I guess of of the five science advisors, the most interesting one is this uh, Sharon Long. L O N G. L-O-N-G. She's a former Stanford professor. She's now on the Obama administration, and she was. Before she went to Stanford for a very short stint, about a year, she was on the board of directors of uh, Monsanto. Oh, you're kidding. It's another episode of Shadow Puppet Theater with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak in the morning. And most people think that she was planted in the Obama administration or brought in so she could straighten (laughs) them out. Pun intended, planted. Hello. Yes. And so they could straighten him out about uh, labeling because the biggest thing that Monsanto tries to do, and they tried to do this and they ruined the careers of some radio personalities in Florida. I think they sued him into oblivion who were making a fuss about the fact that uh, 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 Monsanto was going around from state to state to get this local. This is why they want to, by the way, federalize all this agriculture stuff and get make the state's stooges so they don't pull this kind of crap because that way you only have to go to one source to get the law the way you want it instead of state to state to state. So Monsanto was going around, this was a few years ago, making it illegal for people to put on their uh, milk cartons does not contain any milk from cows given BST, which is that bovine yeah, bovine, the, whatever it is, that makes them produce more milk. It's a shot they give these cows, and next thing you know, they're cranking out tons of more milk. By the way, I've tasted the milk from that process. Like shit. No, it's, it tastes like water. Yeah, that, that would be shit. Yeah, it's just watery. It's like, what is this? This is a who, why, What's the point? Why don't I just drink well, how water? Did the, how did the radio hosts get into trouble? I don't, I don't see the connection. Uh, apparently they got sued, or so, they just a, a nuisance suit from Monsanto, and they just started you know, making their lives miserable. They got them fired. I, there's a story about that. I'll, we'll have to dig it up, well, and we'll go over it in detail, well, because it's a, it's a disgusting s- tale. Sharon R. Long, Ph.D., very interesting. Her current research, as of this writing, <clears throat> uses molecular, genetic, and biochemical techniques to study the early stages of symbiosis. So she's a gene splicer. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, the idea is that she's coming in the Obama administration to make sure that because Obama, among his other promises that you know he has reneged on, he's promised that that genetically modified foods will be clearly labeled. Yeah, and dangerous. But as long as they're labeled, it's okay. Right. The danger, well, yes. But they they have to be clearly labeled. Monsanto does not want them labeled at all. No. Duh. Because their argument is, you know, is their argument is there's no difference between the genetically modified food and regular food. Except that fifty so percent of mice labeled. Except that fifty percent of mice die after eating genetically mod- modified food. There's no difference otherwise. Well, you know, there's a mice. Anyway, so the uh, so she's in there as the stooge for Monsanto. Definitely. Well, this other woman, this congresswoman, whose whose husband is, you know, got connections. This Monsanto is amazing. It's a total takeover. It's an amazing operation. I mean, uh, it's astonishing to me that they are as as good as they are in terms of this kind of thing. How are they doing as an investment? Oh, I uh, probably really good. I don't know. It's definitely got the corner on the market for this stuff. And, you, of course, now there's a I, – I have not been able to prove this. I would have talked about it as a story item. Supposedly, there's something – they're only using Monsanto seeds or some genetically engineered stuff for all the new agricultural plantings going on in Iraq. We won't – you know, we give money to everybody, but they have to use these – I don't know. I, 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 oh, I think I'm, that's sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's one of the, the strings that are attached. And here's, here's the money for, for your new crop, but you have to use these seeds, of course. And, you know, but this is happening everywhere. Not quite. You can't get away yeah, I, from Monsanto. You just can't get away. And if, and if you think you can, they'll, they'll spread some seeds on your land, and they'll come by, and then they'll fine you for it, and then unless you start buying licenses. Yeah, no, I know. That's ridiculous. I don't understand how the courts can put up with that, and they, they, can, they do it consistently. Well, because the courts and the judges are all paid and bought for. It's all done. Okay, so Monsanto had a high of 140, and now it's sitting around... Uh, oh, it's got to be a lot lower than that. It's got to be 30, 40s. No, no, it's, in, it's still in the 70s. Really? Well, there you go. 71, 65 as we speak. But let's see what the numbers look like. Let me just take one quickly. I don't want to make this a stock market show. No. But the peg is right on the money. This company, that's what the stock's worth. So uh, they're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, you mean the book value and versus uh, cap? Well, no, the peg is the is the price earnings growth, the price earnings growth ratio. Right. In other words, you uh, you see what it's going to look like. Is it is it the the old rule of uh, some some investors believe in this rule, which is that the price earnings should reflect the growth rate, and so the peg essentially tells you does it. Yeah. If it's one, it does. But it's tricky because lots of companies acquire other companies to really. Fuck yeah, with their PDE the, yeah. ratio, yeah. Yeah, that's an old trick. A couple uh, updates. I know you're on a tight schedule because you're, you're leaving, so I just want to rush through a couple things. Uh, we talked about uh, the FDIC, the uh, Federal Deposit Insurance, is that Corp? Corporation? Federal, federally insures the federally insurance deposit. Yeah, federal, yeah, must yeah be. federal deposit insurance corporation, who uh, said, hey, we're going to run out of money if the banks don't uh, pay us some more, then we won't be able to guarantee the $250,000 you have in your bank account, uh, citizens. Of course, this is definitely... Everybody's under- walking around with a tin cup out. Yeah, well, $500 billion has been uh, 
moved by Christopher Dodd, the Senate Banking Chairman Committee, to allow the Treasury to uh, lend $500 billion. So that's another hole that you know is just going to walk right through. $500 billion, half a trillion dollars to, to insure your money. So your money insuring your money. Go figure. <laughs> how does it how does it work how does it work uh moving right along european banks looks like the total nut is about two trillion dollars america thank you you're going to pay for that you're paying for it through your contributions to aig which uh, there will be more um just a funny trend uh both clinton and uh, Obama now saying, "Never waste a good crisis." This is a this is kind of an, a, a theme that you'll read more and more. That uh, politicians say, "Hey, you know, a crisis is really good because then you can change a lot of stuff." And so now they're just saying it, just as boldly as all this other bullshit. And uh, yeah, well, why not? You know, the public seems to be, you know, for one thing, they're not being informed by about anything. Right. I mean, how many people? That's, I mean, we have part. a couple hundred thousand people listen to our show, and they probably get irked by these stories. But well, you know, let's just spit yeah. In hey, the what, you want to go back to Amy Weintraub? That's fine. We're happy to do news about her. Have you seen Britney Spears? By the way, she's kind of chubby again. She own. is. Because yeah. the last time I saw a picture of her, you know, they, she no. looked pretty good. Well, you know, but, you know, picture. I mean, it's like and you look at pictures on magazines, on newsstands, you don't think they're the, every single one of them is manipulated, further corrupting the young women of the universe who believe that that's the way you're supposed to look. Yeah, she doesn't. She does not look the the way she looks on the magazine. Here's, by the way, the Associated Press has to spend their time on this story. Associated Press breaking news one hour ago: Britney Spears visits sick kids in Miami hospital. <laughs> Hold on a this second. Hour Hold on a second. Hold on a state, second. We're not. Pop singer Britney Spears made a surprise visit to a group of sick children at Miami Children's Hospital. The 27-year-old Spears posed for photos with the children on Saturday. She's also donating one hundred thousand dollars to the Big Apple. Circus Clown Care Program, which brings clowns to young hospital patients. In the morning. We nailed it. Totally nailed it. Good there job. You go. Good job. That's the kind of news that people are getting. So so I, I've been talking about this AIG thing. So the, if, it's very hard to follow this news because now it seems like every day on C-SPAN there's 18 different banking committee meetings and you don't know which one to follow and there's all these different C-SPAN channels. Ugh. But the big thing is AIG being an insurer, you know, this is these are the guys who insured all these bad investments uh, and also held bad investments uh, or basically paper of, no, you know, as spreadsheet entries of no value. Right. So this this these billions of dollars that have to go in um, you know, there's all kinds of people like, uh, you know, representatives saying, uh, could you please tell us what, what you're doing with the money? And the Treasury and the Fed are literally saying, we cannot tell you because it's counterparties. And if we, t so, so you make a deal, right? You say, I'm going to insure you for this that you have over here. So that person, that, that customer, if you will, is called a, a counterparty in banking. And they are, of course, the European banks who are two trillion in the hole. But your government will not tell you that your money, your tax money, and the money being created on the backs of your children is going to European entities. And no one can, can, every lawyer's trying to get this, get this out. They just flatly refuse because, oh, you know, that could destroy the counterparty. 
It is an <laughs> unbelievable travesty that is taking place before your very eyes. But what was going on with Britney Spears again? Uh, she went visit a kid, sick a kid. Sick kid, right. Okay. You know, you can't, you can't beat a story like that. No, I mean, sick kids, man. I mean, shit. You know, everything for the children. There's uh, Tim Geithner's uh, choice for deputy. Tim Geithner is the uh, tr uh, Secretary of the Treasury. His um, assistant, uh, Annette Nazareth, quit. <laughs> she's, Another one. Yeah, these guys can't. She you know, What's out. going on over there? Well, this is you know this is the kind of the political story. Everyone say, hey man, you know, because and I don't get it. In a country where we have to save and create three and a half million jobs, the administration can't seem to hire anybody. <laughs> what is going on with that? There's a lot of people who I'm quite sure would be very capable of filling a lot of these positions, and if if not by by background and skill, certainly by pure spirit and motivation. You, this is you know it's crazy. Maybe they can't buy off people fast enough, but whatever it is, they're failing big time. They don't have the house full. They don't it's have everybody in. It is. I don't get it. Don't you, John? You're old enough. I mean that in a good yeah. way. You know, don't you just look at this and say this is something very different. This is this is this is just messed up. You know, so one of the news story, one of the uh, the uh, newspapers in in London uh on that thing with Gordon Brown getting snubbed, uh made some or some columnists made some allusions that uh Michelle Obama is a uh Lady Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, I read that. And she's apparently, you know, she didn't want to see him or she, you know, didn't want to. She, she, you know, explain explain Lady Macbeth because not everyone understands that reference. Well, that's a person who is, a, what, it, what it implies in this regard is that she's a person who's behind the scenes manipulating things. So she's the real boss. She's the actual president. Gee, not like that was the same with Clinton. <laughs> so, um,. So and, and there was some thought that there, maybe it's because of you know the, the British were slave traders or something and they you know she's that's some she's still irked about that. Uh, I'm thinking you know what is the possibility? I, although I by the way I did look I said well maybe there's something here but I couldn't find any evidence of it. But it's, it's always amused me the possibility because you run into people like this. Uh, my wife's run into him. I've run into him. You just run into him in over time. Of uh, you go, and it could be anybody in the administration. It could be uh, Michelle. It could be Rahm Emanuel. Uh, you go and you start working there, and the guy comes up to you and he says, "By the way, if you do a, something like that again, I'm going to kill you and yeah. eat your eyeballs." Which, by the way, Rahm Emanuel has been known to to have these type of outbursts. So I mean, if or you know, one of these things you do, you've seen this happen. People have you run into these people. They're, they they exist out there, and they come up and they Absolutely. and they get you alone, and they threaten you in a very creepy way out of the blue. This has to be going on in this administration because there's no other reason for these people. Like the the, the guy who was the uh, attorney, the Surgeon General. You know, he was in, in two days later. He says, "I'm out of here. Uh, I have personal reasons." He leaves. He walks. Why is this? Who went up to him and said, hey, you know, if you think you're going to get my job, I'm going to kill you if I even see you taking a look at such and such. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's somebody in that this administration that's doing something and he's got to be rooted out and he's got to be fired. And I 
you figure out who, unless, I mean, if it was Michelle Obama, which I don't really think so. Could be. Uh, could you're be. not going to get rid of her, but everybody else is up fair game. Something's wrong. The most famous Rahm Emanuel story of them all is the one that begins with the dinner the night after Bill Clinton was elected in 1992. This guy's been in politics for a while. Among those present at the dinner table was ABC News anchor George Stephanopoulos, who watched while an overwrought and clearly exhausted Emmanuel began ranting at a long list of Clinton enemies. As he shouted each name, he stabbed the table with his steak knife. Nat Landau, dead! Cliff Jackson, dead! Apparently others at the table joined in. So he is a candidate. Yeah, he's a candidate. And he would have contact with everybody. But what you're saying is, it's really, it sounds like the cloak and dagger stuff that you still see on these period piece movies, which always win Oscars, where you have some guy in the shadows with a cloak. Cardinal Richelieu. Right, and he comes out and it's like, if you do that one more time, I will kill you. You know what? You will step back and shut the fuck up. That's what you will do. Or quit. Yeah, yeah, or, or withdraw, as we call it. Withdraw. That's interesting. So, wow, John, I like that theory. It's the only possible explanation. Well, I would look to the chief of staff to be the first uh, possibility as the guy responsible for everything. I don't think it's that Orzag dude. He doesn't look mean enough. Although I, uh, Lady Macbeth as uh, Michelle Obama, maybe. Maybe. She looks like she could beat me up. She could crush my head between her thighs. <laughs> she's Pop she's my big. head like a pimple. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Two anyway, um, so two, two anniversaries that I don't want to, to have pass unnoticed. Uh, it is International Women's Day today, on the eighth of March, two thousand nine, and uh, that's been going since uh, the beginning of the nineteen hundreds. But uh, apparently, mainstream media doesn't give a shit about women, so that's why you're not uh, hearing about it. But maybe more interesting for this program and audience, the Global Seed Vault celebrates its anniversary. And of course, the Global Seed Vault is um, this uh, seed bank in the Norwegian Arctic archipelago of Svalbard. And its purpose is to replenish the world's crops in the event of a global catastrophe. I think Bill Gates uh, contributed to this, and there's a whole bunch of... Uh, right. Big companies, and you know, people always kind of wonder what that's about. You know, some, there's there's been a thing floating around uh, the interwebs for ah, at least a year or so that a, supposedly a Norwegian politician came out and told some conspiracy theorists, of course, some friendly conspiracy theorists with a website and a downloadable emblem that. Uh, uh, you know that there's all these underground tunnels in the in the mountains there and the fjords and whatever in uh, in Norway and there's trains that go at light speed and there's all kinds of shit that's going on and that's the place where all the uh, the 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 people who are needed to survive the uh, coming apocalypse that they're all going to be um, transported there but that there's you know there's all kinds of crazy things floating around about that which I'm sure you've never heard of. No, I haven't heard that. I didn't know that Bill Gates was involved. He paid for all the FedEx shipments of the seed. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably to get a discount from Microsoft. By the way, that's how they ship uh, vaccines as well. Did you know that? FedEx? Yeah. So that's what the bird flu went out, FedEx? Mm-hmm. 
When you absolutely positively need your your bird flu the next day, FedEx is there to bring it to you. Sure, maybe FedEx can expand and they can just do the uh, the, vac- the vaccinations as well. You know, they'll they'll bring the vaccinations. Oh, heck with it. Why don't they just get, arm all the FedEx guys and then when they come to deliver, they just shoot you? Yeah, but that would that would be too It'd be cheaper. <laughs> I think I've uh, I think I've spent my wad. Okay, well, I just want to remind people to go to dvorak.org/na and help us out so we can get this uh, keep this show going because we do have information you're not going to find anyplace else. It's good stuff. It gives you something to think about, and we're not uh, beholden to anybody. That's the coolest thing. It, it's so wonderful to have uh, all filters removed. But again, for the right donation, we'll give you the disinformation minute of the of the show. Right, no problem. You know, I was going to mention that PBS has a bunch of this stuff. You know, where they're always begging for money, but their PBS has deteriorated. They had a Yanni concert on the other day, and then they came on asking for money, thinking you better pay me. But they've done the Yanni thing a thousand times. Isn't that the same concert, or they keep bringing him back? I don't know. I mean, it's just a horrible thing to watch. Yeah, the Yanni concert's pretty, but the um, the Andre Rioch, uh Viennese concert, it's actually pretty good. I, I like He's a Dutch guy, and he's very successful with this show that he does, which is just massive. Um, but still, 100 bucks. You know, we're, we're a much better deal, and I think you get more bang for the buck, and less Yanni. There you go. Donate to the John C. Dvorak Adam Curry Library slash Winery, because we guarantee less Yanni. No Yanni. We guarantee no Yanni. <laughs> zero Yanni. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we'll be back on Thursday with Zero Yanni. Coming to you from the Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation East in the blustery, wet southwest of London. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley where it's sunny. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. <laughs>